0: uh welcome to the upstate on the fly podcast this is episode six we have david reed with david l reed bamboo rods today david thanks for joining me thanks Dave, for having me um so i got into well i got into the idea of fishing bamboo uh probably like midwinter of this year and it seems like there was kind of a collective interest in spay pages um and a few guys are kind of dipping their toes into to fishing bamboo with the uh the sharps scotty rods mainly because they're the easiest ones to obtain and you have just uh ventured out onto your own which i'm extremely happy for you and a little bit jealous too because you know you've you're living the dream right now um but you want to kind of give a little overview of how you got into building bamboo rods?
1: Now, to try and surmise it quickly, um, you know, go back 20 years, um, you can go back to age seven, you know, when my grandparents traveled to Seasons Creek in Oregon and fished for steelhead, That's what my grandparents used. used. You know, they used some glass, but they were mostly using cane rods and um, perfect reels and a couple other hardies and, um, kind of where that obsession started. And, you know, every year we would, I'm from the Bay area in California and we, we'd go up there and fish with them and camp and they lived in reedsport. Um, so we'd go for about two and a half weeks to Susan's Creek, fish to North Umpqua, and then we'd go to my grandparents and stay out there. And, um, so that kind of started it, though I got to admit at the time I cared more about surfing than fishing. I wasn't really that big a fan at of what i felt like my summer was supposed to be about but anyway um that kind of started you know you kind of go back as you get older and you look back on things your family did especially things that you know brought everyone together and fishing was always that in my family you know so fast forward a little bit uh we moved to boise back in 91 and uh you know it was a big difference from growing up on you know in the bay area and to coming to Boise at the time Boise hadn't exploded it was a real small town and and um, it was a big change and and I remember being a little frustrated my and I called my dad and I was like man I miss you you know it was my one place that really I was able to calm and you know get rid of stress and he's like well do you still have your fly rod that your grandpa built and I'm like yeah it's in a closet and he goes well go down the middle of the river and I was was say dad I don't have any line he goes it doesn't matter I go, I don't have any flies. Don't worry about it. Just go stand out with your rod. I go, seriously, you want me to go stand out in the middle of a riffle with a rod that doesn't have a line and flies? It's absolutely ridiculous. And he's like, trust me. So I did it, you know, and, and all of a sudden that piece came back and, uh, that piece I hadn't felt since I was sitting in a lineup. And so, um, I like all things, I got obsessed into it, you know, and when, when, when I want to get into something, I really want to know all the whys of everything. So in, Idaho is an amazing state for fishing. So all of a sudden I just started going to all these different rivers and learning everything I could. And, um, you know, I'd start tying flies at the campsite in Susan's Creek. I got back into tying flies and, um, you know, of course, you know, there's a, some amazing trout streams, but there's also some amazing steelhead water in this state in the neighboring States. And it didn't, go back to that kind of fishing and in, in single hand. So fast forward, we moved out to the Midwest. We lived in Ohio and Michigan for about 12 years and uh, Ohio was miserable. There was like one trout stream in the entire uh, state. And then we moved to grand Rapids, which has again, some, you know, amazing fishery and some cool people. And um, you know, like a lot of in are from, you know, the great lakes fishery and uh, everyone, you know, nymphs, And so I did that the first season and I just, you know, I couldn't get with it and you catch a lot of fish that way and teach your own. But, um, you know, even with trying to, you know, I, I never fish the beds, but even when you're fishing the run, those, it's really hard with the amount of fish out there, not to occasionally snag fish. And I, I didn't like doing that. So I pulled out my old steelhead box and started swinging traditional flies. And at the time people told me I was crazy. You couldn't catch fish like that. And then I started uh, fishing dry flies. And so all that
0: progress, I'm not being too long winded. No, um, no, not at all. I'm, I'm actually interested. Cause I'm like, wow, this sounds similar to what I've been doing as well. Yeah,
1: There's a lot of people I think that kind of progress that way, especially in the great lakes. I think people don't understand the amount of fish that are out there. I mean, it's just, it's a coming from the Northwest when you talk about numbers and the potential for catching fish, it's a different game. Right. So, um, so start thinking about is cane rods. And I'm like, you know, grandpa fished them and um, I really ought to look into it. But when I started looking into it, they were fairly pricey compared to what I was paying for my other tackle. And uh, so <clears throat> You know, I I thought to myself, I've got more time than money. I'll figure out how to repair one. So I went, I went, and I bought this, uh, and I'm gonna butcher the name, but it was an H and I Hawks and Ibbotson, I think is how you say it. Mm-hmm. The governor, right? It says it's a nine foot six. It was like a nine ten weight at best. I mean, it was it was a tomato stick. It was horrible, and it was missing eyelets, and 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 you know, you know, it was just a brutally conditioned rod. It was just not good. And, um, so I took it out, trout fishing a couple times and, um, just beyond overkill. And I got a couple books and I'm, I'm fairly good with my hands and, and, um, I, you know, I've tied flies most of my life. And, um, so I figured, you know what, this would be easy and it wasn't. So I'm going to continue one more thing. So one of my buddies at the time, Jeremy, he, uh, for his engagement gift, he wanted a bamboo rod and he bought one of the. Um, I'm not, not going to call, call it who it was, but it was, it, was, it was horrible. horrible. So we are fishing a stretch of the Asobo River in Michigan. It's famous. You'd get in. It was like probably seven, eight-hour days of fish. And then you'd get back in your car or out of, out of the river. You'd walk back to your car like 45 minutes. But it was a real good stretch. Well, he's got this whole six-and-a-half-foot-three weight. It was a Dickerson 6612 copy. And uh, we're fishing, and literally halfway through, the whole reel seat and wood falls off. We're we're oh like, well. Wow. Yeah, I mean you're you're committed at that point, right? And so luckily I'd been steelheading the week before and I had 12 pound maxima and, and I mean I just Ron, right? And uh <laughs> and uh he was able to fish it out. So with having said that, um he started asking me who who can I go to? Who can I go to? And I said, Well, there's this guy that lives south named Ron, and he's really known, uh, Ron Barch and and, uh, that'd probably be a good, good guy to go to. Well, when, um, kind of between the time he actually committed to getting it fixed. And that time I, I actually picked up a Granger 8040 that again, needed some work in doing that. I, I actually ended up becoming friends and Ron ended up showing me how to build rods. And, and, you know, it, unfortunately, once I got a good hand, rod in my hand, it was over with like, I, I have graphite rods now and there's if I lived in fish salt, I would fish graphite rods. But for trout, bass, steelhead, it's it's awful hard to compare with the feel and action and just qualities you get from bamboo. And 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 once I got into it, it was over. I you know, and um and again, you know, I kind of said it before how my mind works when 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 I get into something, I mean, I really want to understand everything about it.
0: And uh I guess is that a good summation? Yeah, absolutely. It's it's funny because you know Mike Papais and I have a it's it's like a month-long thread that's going that's that's talking about casting the the Scotty, the sharp Scotty rods that yeah. we both own now. And uh and then it started your name kind of squeaked in there a little bit, and you know, but we went down that road and we were talking about you know acquiring more cane rods and i was like yeah. my my one question to mike was at what point do you see yourself pulling the graphite out ever yeah. again and i was like i honestly I'm, I'm having so much fun with this that it's really hard to think about when i'm gonna fish a graphite rod
1: I, you know so there are situations some really big rivers um out here that my main rivers i fish are, is the clear water the salmon and the snake and grand run. Those are probably the John day. Those are the main ones that I personally fish. Right. And if you've ever fished the snake by a Soton or seen it or, or the Clara, these are big waters. And, but even with that, and so I fish, I have 15 foot, 16 foot graphite rods that I will fish. Cause I, I enjoy throwing long lines too. Right. Mm-hmm. But how I normally fish is in the morning until the midday, I'm fishing a cane rod because I mostly skate dries. That's what I tend to do. Right. Fish dry lines with very small wets. I don't. I mean, I haven't touched a sink tip. I think I told you the other day when we were talking. Since I left Michigan seven years ago, I just, I don't, I don't. You know, again, teach your own. I just don't like the way they cast, and, um, you know, I have enough belief that they're going to come chase it. I, I just don't. I don't think I'm really losing much by fishing that way, and mm-hmm. so, at least in the riverside fish, right? So, um, you know, and in the middle of the day when it's super. You know I grab my long rod there's there's times for that, but by evening, you know probably you know four o'clock i'm I'm back with a cane rod again, and these are big rivers, and I'm fishing twelve foot cane rods on it, and I don't feel undergunned at all
0: so if if you're just kind of considering getting into fishing bamboo. Mm-hmm. What should people expect from from the newer rods, you know, the, the rods that you're producing versus, you know, we picked up a bunch of us now picked up these sharp Scotty rods. And really, that was because they they were there, you know, so right. it, that that was the first hurdle that I had, because I, I kind of had been thinking about getting into it. But then you, you start to look and you're like, geez, I don't want to wait five years for, you know, I don't even, hopefully I'm still fishing at that point and and healthy and everything. It's, it's a, it's a huge mental hurdle. Um, but it it also, to me, there's like a little mystery to it as well because of that. And, and you know, there's gotta be something to it. If, if guys are waiting five years for a rod. Yeah. Especially when you can
1: get online and have one in a couple weeks. Right.
0: Yeah. Um, Yep.
1: So I think the biggest misconceptions that people don't think about with, you know, cane versus glass versus graphite is that um, a lot of people expect them to be heavy. Now, I've owned a few Sharpies, so I'm in no way being disrespectful, but those, those tapers that were designed on the Sharpie to fish the modern lines that we're fishing today right? Mm-hmm. They, they don't excel as well as a modern rod that you're getting from some of these builders that are putting them out. And so most people think they're incredibly slow. Kind of like what my impression was after first fishing that governor the first time, right? I'm like, this is not my Winston IM6, you know, mm-hmm. and which is my favorite graphite rod. And, um, you know, it, it didn't, I didn't see the benefits when I fished that. Well, they're actually with these hollow builds and hollow the hollowing is actually more to speed the rod recovery up than it is for weight issues. It, it does also eliminate weight, but like, if you compare, like we were, I think we were talking about this, like if you take a 12, eight, nine versus your Scotty, right? The the base of the Scotty, it's like almost double what, you know, and width, and mm-hmm. they had, they had tapers that didn't really excel at throwing these, these lines we have so i think i think the speed of recovery in a bamboo rod people really slow and 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 dragmatic. and that's not true the weight issue um you know a lot of these rods so um i was out fishing a few weeks back and uh one of my buddies he has a sage one right great rod and a 12 and a half foot five six and i had an 11 foot three four bamboo and so he's fishing the rod and. He's casting. He finally asked if he can use mine up. I said, Yeah, go. I, this is, you know, I want you to try it. And, and he's casting it a few times. He turns around with this huge Cheshire Cat grin. He's like, How is it that your rod feels lighter, is more responsive, and casts better than this H1? And I'm like, mm-hmm. ah. You know, it's because there's some really good tapers out there. I'm not, and I'm not just talking about myself. I mean, there's there's some people building some beautiful rods and beautiful fishing tools, right? Not just, not just beautiful rods I mean beautiful fishing tools and um, there's just some advantages to cane that other people that people don't think about for example when you're casting a a graphite rod it's going in and out of round right you're shooting line and and when we think of line weights we think of and again I'm not disrespecting graphite in any way please don't take it that way they're just different materials right sure when when you're you're shooting line and you think in terms of stiffness oh what what rod is that oh you know it's a 3 weight stiffness right bam that way it's long fibers of grass and you're literally feeling the rod through the entire rod flex and 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 what that translates to it's just like clicker reels why us get obsessed with clicker reels it's truly not the noise of it even though that's exciting and adds to the fishing but what it is is You don't have a stop, a break like you do in a, um, a distract, right? So it's instantaneously engaged rather than having this little stop. Well, you're doing the exact same thing with the cane rod. You're fighting fish so much more effectively because you have the, it absorbs it through that rod. So for example, um, you know, I just posted my website and I was telling a story about, um, cane rods and watching these older guys, fishermen, you know, literally I can fish eight and seven X tippet and not fear 20 inch fish on Silver Creek with a bamboo rod. I would never think about that on a graphite rod because you're playing it off mostly the top third of the rod. So you have a bamboo rod and you add a clicker reel to it and and you've got about as, as great a system for absorbing shock and runs. And, and I'll tell you, you know, as, as few fish that you get to fish, I want all the advantages I can get. And I think some people think of bamboo as antiquated. You know, Their only perception is, oh, it's, you know, it's like a nod to the past. And these are effective fishing tools. These tools literally in, in the hands of people that can fish, these are amazing. They're disrespecting it. I'm just saying there are advantages to this material and, and how you can build it that I don't think in certain things you can build in a graph Now, in the same way, if I lived in Florida, I wouldn't be fishing clicker reels and cane broad. I would put my shoulder in traction. You know, I would there, those benefits for graphite really excel there, but Mm -hmm. for steelhead, salmon, smallmouth trout, all those things. I mean, I truly, I don't personally is my own opinion. I don't think you can be more effective than fishing these rods. And when you translate into trout spay, you're, you're even talking about a whole different, environment that actually benefits now you know on a spay rod i can cast farther with a graphite rod i can have a longer rod and i get some benefits from that on a trout spay you're casting the same distance but you're picking up all the advantages on a cane rod that maybe don't translate as well in a graph
0: yeah yeah and that's that's something that seems to really be catching on i'm i'm still extremely reluctant with the trout spay but just because of you know you you mentioned before the the absence of fish the lower fish numbers out west yeah that we don't have in the in the great lakes you know we don't have that issue but it's kind of like if you want to swing flies with a two-handed rod you almost have to get into trout bay if you yeah. want to you know if you want to touch a fish at some point
1: well and think about it too like if you live on the oregon coast it's it's right there for you
0: you know what i mean you, you can
1: you can go to your local river and you can fish steelhead whenever you want. You know, BC, most people their local fishery has trout, mouth, or you know those kind of fish. And only are you a way to practice and continue fishing that way throughout the season. You're now doing something, bringing a productive river that maybe you wouldn't have fished otherwise now all of a sudden you're getting to fish more often assuming you know your your uh, significant other allows it so
0: yeah and that's that's kind of where i'm coming to as well as i'm playing around with a single hand uh seven weight cane rod for you know single hand spades, you know swinging flies and stuff and I, I ran into a hatch last night and you know ended up just throwing dries and i was i was very surprised with how effective even a seven weight in my mind, because I'm totally new to this yeah. uh, did at protecting four and five X tippet on rising fish. Yeah. Um, and, you know, as I get more and more into it though, I, I practice casting a lot and I, mm. I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm a very good caster, but I, I enjoy it. And I, I like that I'm not good at it because I, I need to practice to get better, mm. but there's, there's a totally different thing than when you're standing in like a pond and the, the ground's completely level Mm -hmm. and you know, you're practicing your casts and then all of a sudden you get into the river and you've got like two volleyball boulders that you can't really get an even stance on. And you know, it's, it's like practicing golf where if you only practice on a flat surface, when you're, yeah, when your ball becomes you know a slightly downhill lie, you're like, I don't know how to do this, and I find the same thing with you know when I'm steelhead fishing, when my weighting might be questionable, I can't cast, and that's when I I start to think you know maybe this casting practice needs to actually be in a river, and just like you said, you you kind of take the, those trout and make that your casting practice, and yes. the bonus is you catch fish.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like I said, I was like, I'd rather fish than practice casting because you're yeah. doing the same thing. Yeah. I think you bring up a good point. You know, casting like that's great. I I think being able to practice. But think about it. So if you, if you're like the normal person, and you know, you get maybe your one two weeks a year that you're steel adding, You've got the rest of the season to be able to practice, and you're practicing with currents and you know how to set your line up and distances and. You know that in a lake, you you can practice your mechanics of the cast, but you know you're now catching fish and and putting it into a real life situation. I, and i I think that's a I think that's why most people it is for me at least why they get into trout spay at first. I truly think it's because they're coming from the perspective that they want to be ready for their steelhead trip. Then all of a sudden they figure out, oh crap, this is actually a blast. I I need to do. This
0: yeah yeah and that's kind of what i'm seeing is my shift is when i started fishing it was predominantly you know for brown trout and then i kind of got into the steelhead thing a little bit later and i just enjoy that so much that now i think the shift's kind of going back so you know yeah. the pendulum swinging the other way and steelheadings the focus and the brown trout thing's just something to nice do bonus yeah it's it's kind of like what i'm <laughs> while i'm waiting for fall to arrive yeah because yeah. the, the the dry fly thing is really fun, but to me it gets boring. Um, you know, going to, on my home trout river and it's like, I, I can probably bring three flies and that's all I'm going to need. And if, if, depending on the time of year, if it's not one of those three flies, then, you know, it's just a highly pressured fish. I probably wasn't going to catch it anyway, but the, the, the casting and everything, there's something about being in, in a river casting a two-handed rod where you're not staring looking for a snout you're not it's not as intense it's intense but it's it's different and no, i i think there's
1: definitely a, it, it's cathartic right the casting i think there's it it absolutely adds to the whole experience i i think it i think it how would i explain it i i think there's just rhythm and peace and yeah it you know it just Yep. It's, it's hard to quantify, right? It's, there's something different about it. I, you're hunting and I love dry flight. I mean, I do. I mean, I, I'm, I'm still obsessed with spring creeks and, and finicky fish, but, um, but there's some, they're totally different games. You're absolutely right. You know, um, there's just something about stepping down a run and just, and you know, and again, you know, we bring this back to bamboo again, the, casting bamboo rods, I think adds to that rhythm and that there's just peace and it flows and there's just something about, you know, people say they've got soul and they try to quantify it by way of saying like, give it like human principles, right? I, I don't know how to explain it. I just know that it adds to the experience. It just, it yeah. just flows
0: when you're doing it yep and even the first time i i took my bamboo two-hander out to the practice pond uh i was out for maybe 20 minutes Mm -hmm. and i came back with a smile on my face and my wife was like oh you know how was it and i was like casting that casting bamboo is it's like good for your soul i was like "I, i i don't know how to i don't know how to describe it but there's something about it
1: yeah it it is very hard because you know again we try and put it in human perspective or terms, right? We try and label it somehow. And I, I don't know if it's possible. It's, it's very hard, but you know, I, 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 don't think I've ever met a person that has put a cane rod in his hand and fished that way that hasn't been like yeah, doing this, or this is amazing. I've never had someone go, yeah, this, this totally bites. I don't want to do this. So if, if someone's
0: just getting into the bamboo game, and we'll we'll say they're a competent caster with graphite rods okay is there anything that they're going to need to do differently uh like adjustments to make to their casting that's going to maybe be a hurdle for them to experience exactly what we were just talking about you know
1: that's a good question there so when, when you, you, so again, I, I'm older, right? I, I, don't I don't know if you're so sage. I'm 53, and and when I grew up, fish cane fiber, the graphite hadn't even been invented yet, you know. And um, learning to use those rods, and and there's a lot of people going back to both cane, right, because of these principles. But you, you learn, learn to love the rod, rod, you know. know? And, and we, we talked, before, I was talking before about graphite, you know, expand your shooting line, and it's a different rhythm, and so. You know, when I take people out, I explain to them, let the rod do the work because it will. And um, it's it's about your timing, you know, and it's it's about loading the rod and letting the rod just go. And I, I explain to people it's like a slingshot. Send it back. You can feel the weight tug and bam, you just slingshot that thing. It was. And, yeah. I, and I think. Right. If, you, if we take it from a perspective double hauling you can do it on a cane rod but you don't really need to because the rod's going to load it and send it for you if you if you so a lot of don't try and power through it you don't need to try and power through it literally just let that bottom hand come into um you know your chest
0: and sling it forward it, it so basically just to summarize because i don't know how the audio will be is uh a lot of people's experiences with Kane in the past, if they've had it, uh, it's not really the same as the modern stuff. Right. And I, I think that because I, I was talking to Bruce when he, when he first got that rod mm-hmm. and when he got it, I was like, Whoa, that's something different for you because, uh, you know, I'm, you know, he's casting really long rods and really long yeah. lines. And I was like, I gotta tell you, you know, after, Seeing some videos of him casting it, I was like, that's probably the perfect rod for my water. Yeah. And that that's kind of what brought me down that road. And then he was like, it's also gonna help me become a better caster because I have to slow down. I'm forced to use my bottom hand. And when he told me that, then I was like, Wow, this is really something I'm I'm very interested in now. If it's gonna help improve my casting. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a huge benefit
1: this that those who cast well with a cane rod cast really good with a graphite rod and it will definitely make you a better caster but it teaches you again timing and loading and bottom hand and I mean all the things that you're supposed to be doing anyway that honestly sometimes you can get away and cheat Um, and if if you're not a great caster it's not going to be an effective tool but it'll make you a better caster that's for sure
0: and I, I think that's also kind of what, you know, we were talking earlier about. There's just something about it when you're standing in the river is it's, it's automatically making you slow down. Yeah. You know, because you have to, at least in my experience, my limited experience, I have to slow down to actually cast my rod. Yeah. Um, and when, when that part slows down, then you kind of start to look around and you notice like the bald eagle nest up in the tree before. Yeah. And I, It's also, it seems like, at least in the Great Lakes, steelheading is kind of competitive where you pull in the parking lot, you're not the only car there. So you're trying to put your waders on as fast as you can and beat everybody else to the run that you want to fish. You know, you're not really starting the day off on the right note for like a relaxing day. Yeah, I remember that. And and, and I I feel like the cane rods just kind of help you ease into that and slow down. You know, life slows down for a little bit.
1: Well, and I always say, you know, the, the only place in the, in this world that I was able to find, like what I would say is peace where I'm only thinking about one thing Mm -hmm. all the other time, my mind's racing about a million stupid things, right? Noise and the sound of the ocean, the sound of the river, but that's where all of a sudden the only thing I'm concentrating on is my cast and that boulder and that fish and God, that's a pretty tree i wonder what that is and oh my god look at that bird and you know what i mean it's like it's the whole thing it's just it's an environment that allows you to get away from the noise of day-to-day life
0: yeah and and then when you're holding something in your hand that came from the same environment i think that's yeah. that connected feeling where you're almost laughing because you're like i can't believe this actually works yeah yeah it's
1: cool it's I think that's why people get so obsessed with fishing. I, I, I would guess a lot of people first are just curious and when they get started, right. They, it, it becomes a little more competitive and you want to get better and you you validate yourself by numbers. Right. Then, you know, as you grow and, and you kind of get to this point where it's, it's more than fish and people talk about that all the time. It's, it's those that it's the whole thing. And honestly, I don't want to speed through fishing. You know, I've I, you know, driving is enough speeding for me. You know what I mean? As far as everyone being around and fighting for a position and I don't want to do that. I, I want to be, I want quiet yep. and, and yeah, it's, it's, and again, coming back to this whole thought process, you know, it just adds to that. I think it accelerates it in using that material and um you know, I, it, probably 98% of my fishing is with a cane rod now when I
0: fish. So is there, do you see yourself as this grows getting into single hand as well uh, I, for your rods? Or are you, are you already in that?
1: Oh no, I've been building single hands. In fact, I, I started with single hands. my, my first rod I ever built was a Paul Young Taper Drigs, a little um, five weight. And um, that's actually where I started. In fact, the two mentors that I had that taught me how to used to laugh at me when I started telling them that I wanted to build a spay rod out of cane. They're like, why would you do that? You know, but they were hard fishermen in Michigan. And um, I've, I actually build, sell both um you know i build the trout space the full space single hand i i i still fish single hand you know you mentioned you were fishing that seven weight um i fish single hand rods dry fly fishing for steelhead
0: um mm-hmm. i no, i make i make all of that awesome so let's talk about the 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 website the website's up now it is finally up unfortunately and you know this i so
1: you know, it's the first one I ever built. I actually to do it, I built like nine fake accounts, like Dave's Pizza Parlor, and just to figure out how to do it right. Yep. Rather do it than have pay someone, and maybe that was a bad decision. I don't know, but um, but it's up. And unfortunately, my WordPress, who I went through, they they put it up before I realized it. I was still editing. I thought it was locked, and <laughs> this guy. Gary called me and go hey I you know I'm drinking coffee reading your website it's awesome like w- wait a minute it's full of grammar problems <laughs> I haven't even put up you know I'm just putting down thoughts and he's like well whatever it was it worked and uh, and he actually had ordered a rod and um, um, yeah it's all up um, people have been asking me at the store because I posted some mugs that's up um, you know I try I tried to explain in that website, why I fish cane and why I think other people should. And I tried to explain a little bit about the process because I think, you know, in the past, you know, years back, I mean, it was, people didn't share information. It's a very, there's not a lot of people truthfully that do it and there's not a lot of sharing. And, you know, there's some websites now that are helping with that, but um, kind of wanted people to understand what goes into it. Hopefully yeah. And
0: I, I found that, you know, when I was trying to do my research because I I'm listening to you, I'm like, wow, it sounds a lot like me. Uh, you know, when you get into something, you're trying to learn about it and it's, it's kind of hard to.
1: Yeah. People are very tight lipped about it. Right. Because I, you know, it's, they have this idea that it's a craft and, and it's art and all that, but, um, you know, it's, 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 you know, I, I get a lot of questions all the time. Like I, I don't share my tapers. Those, those, the tapers, I sat down at a table years of experimenting and throwing, you know, rods that I didn't like into the, you know, the fire pit and, you know, going after, you know, and revising. And so I, I, you know, I sell them. I don't, I don't share those, but, um, but, you know, questions like, you know, I've, I've, you know, I help out quite a few people like they're refurbishing a rod or they're doing their first rod and they can't figure out how to do this. That, that's not something, you know, I, I think that um, that's just being a good person. Um, and a lot, and I, cause I remember too, you know, when I first re- I read this one book and I was lost, you know, I go back to what I was telling you about refurbishing that um, governor, right? I didn't know what the heck that book was saying. Like it, it was, I was reading French or something. It didn't make sense. Right. And uh, there's a lot of steps to building a rod and everything's hard till you've done it once. And so I think that being able to help people, that's, that's being a good human, right. That's being a good person. And, and so I do a lot of that. I just don't, again, I don't share tapers. I, you know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, well, that's, that's your business plan. Yeah. But it, it does seem like in this, this fly fishing community and in spay fishing and seems to be even more so is you know there's a there's a cluster of people that i've met in like the last year and a half mm-hmm. that are just incredibly generous good people with the the information that they'll willingly share absolutely you know like the karma train's pretty strong in in steelhead fishing and and everything two-handed you know, if you yeah. have a question, you know Bruce, I can send him a video and he'll tell me like what's wrong with my cast. I, I've said before, you know, I probably owe him thousands of dollars. He's Bruce is awesome. I, if if people have not had an
1: opportunity to know him or appreciate how willing he is to help, um, Bruce is a great guy and um, very very willing to share hard earned knowledge that you know that he's developed. He's yeah. And there are, there's, there's a lot of Bruce's out there. I, I don't mean to, keep... Bruce's now. He's just, you know, I think really highly of him, but, um, there's a lot of great people. And you're right. I don't know if every, we'll call it niche part of the sport is the same. And I can tell you from my experience when I was learning, um, I had a few people that were very, very helpful to me, but I have had others that have had the opposite experience. Mm hmm when getting into cane rods and stuff like that um some people have had a
0: different experience than i've had yeah and i actually looked at it because you know i'm a teacher so i have summers off yeah and when i first started looking i was like wow wouldn't it be cool if i built my own rod and you know i started looking i'm like okay so on ebay how can i get these uh planing forms and everything and then my wife shut that down like instantly <laughs> and, you yeah. know i was like i was like no i'm like building cane rods it's cool don't worry yeah. about it yeah don't and, you uh, stand here. i have to do this yeah <laughs> uh, it's it's it makes about as much sense as starting to tie flies to save money on flies yeah
1: exactly well my wife my wife's favorite quote to me is always so how many rods can you fish at once <laughs> and i don't i don't understand how she thinks that way
0: Now, what, what rod are you fishing now? Do you, I mean, do you have like one that's your pet and that's it? Or is it, is it situational? You know, do you have a favorite? Is it the first one that you built?
1: No. Well, I do. I still fish that rod. No, I, it's literally situational. It depends on, again, it's easy for me. I I build them and technically could call it research and development, but no, I, I have like 40, 50 rods. Um, and, uh, it just depends on what river. So for example, Silver Creek is my favorite place to fish. We talked about dry fly fishing, right? I mean, yep. obsessed with steelhead as I am. Silver Creek is, is literally my obsession. And so I've got probably five or six rods I fish, but the main one I fish is a taper of my own that I built. That's an eight foot four weight. I love that rod. It just, it's just the perfect rod there. But I mean, in single hands, I go from like a six foot three weight up to a nine and a half foot nine weight. And, you know, in spay rods, I've got, I think seven or eight trout. Lord, I mean, I have so many, di- I mean, it just really river. If I'm on the rond, I probably the 11 half, five, six, fish the most, if I'm on the John day, I fish on 11 and half, six, seven, 12, eight, nine on the clear road. I just keep going. It's they're all different. Right. Um, and I fish all three of the, the tapers I build, but definitely semi-parabolic builds are my favorite. I just like the way they cast the best. Okay. Do you, do you want to explain what that means? So that, that's a really long conversation. But basically, there's three tapers I build. And each of the tapers basically is how you design where the load point is in that rod. And so one of the benefits or one of the things I try to do with my building is instead of like, Steve, you build a rod. We spent a lot of time. I asked you, you know, what kind of fish, how you cast, you know, line systems, all those things, rods you've had in the past, what you liked about them, right? And those questions are asked so I can kind of determine what taper fits you. I don't want you to change your casting to fish my rod. I want to put you in a taper that benefits your cast you know, and personalize that rod. Well, different people cast, some people are blessed. They just cast whatever's put in their hands and they're effective at it. Some people do better with a parabolic taper. Some people with a semi-parabolic and, or progressive and um, man, real
0: quickly. Um, well, I guess, you know, I'm thinking as, as you're saying this, that probably the easiest answer is that if someone's interested in a uh, bamboo rod, you're going to build it specifically for them. Absolutely. You know, they don't have to learn how to cast bamboo. You're going to make it. So it's as close as possible to what they're used to. So they can just straight up enjoy it.
1: Yeah. That's, that's, that's the goal, you know? And, um, you know, some, some tapers are a little better at certain systems, you know, line systems, but um, listen, one system isn't, bad and one good one type of line system the only thing i think that this i think the spay group is fantastic the only thing is sometimes people get too caught up on what type of line you're using like somehow that puts you in this certain box right it's all Mm -hmm. fixing you know and it's funny i get all these people when they get on the phone they're they go well i'm not that great of a caster and i go listen do you enjoy doing it yeah well you're good then i mean it's honestly if you're having fun you're doing it right and there's always ways to improve but part of what the customization of getting a custom rock putting you into the best taper to make your casting effective and that i spent a lot of time and you know you you know from that experience about um i i want to ask as many questions to get um to be able to find out what's going to fit you best that's part of my job in the way, that's how i look at it
0: yeah yeah and and when we spoke that's that was my thoughts after we were done i was like wow uh because i i actually had a few people message me um mm-hmm. i think when i i had posted the the shirt on instagram oh yeah and uh you know they they were like what was it like and everything and i i said i was like he clearly has a passion for this and he really, really cares about what he's doing. And he really wants to make sure you get what you want.
1: Yeah, it's, um, I, you know, that's what's fun for me. I, I, I really like people in general. I, I really value people. And, and the thing that, you know, and I'm sure people say this all the time, right? I'm, I'm not building to get rich. I'm building. Truthfully, I'm obsessed with it. And I love that connection I make with people. You know, the idea of someone catching a fish and fishing my rod and just getting geeked on it. Like, I'm, I, I like sitting on the riverbank and watching others get into fish. I mean, I really enjoy that stuff and sharing that feeling and that passion. I mean, that, that's what really drives it, you know, um, for me at least.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I, I could see that because um, I, I had even sent, you know, I, I was never very confident in my fly tying. And, Mm. you know, I always thought that my patterns weren't very good or, you know, I like them. I was always worried, like, you know, what if I sent somebody a fly and like, they couldn't get to tip it through the eye or, you know, like just (laughs) stupid stuff, you know, all, all unravels. And, you know, I, I actually, this was the first year that I kind of stepped outside of my comfort zone and sent people flies, but then I had people contacting me back, you know, and, and showing me pictures of, the fly in the in a fish's mouth yeah and great? so yeah i i totally understand where you're coming from with this yeah. yeah i
1: think i you know it's it's about people
0: and um
1: you know that guy that has never fished a cane rod before and literally it blows his mind wow i didn't know it feel like this or the first fish or someone who's you know again i've i've okay so other story to tell you. I I wasn't going to bring it up, but um, I want to tell you how I met Ron Barge. Literally the best thing I ever did.
0: Okay. Um,
1: I was fishing for smallmouth on this river called the fall river in Michigan. And I was fishing the boy scout water and there's an old bridge. That's a back eddy. And there's just some really big smallies that sit in it. And I was fishing crayfish patterns and I was smacking fish. And uh, this older gentleman um, older than me, right. Was, and this is a while back, but you know, I don't know, 15, 20 years ago, but anyway, he's up there and he finally walks up to me and, and, you know, um, sometimes people aren't so kind and sometimes they are in the room. And I, yeah, yeah. kind people. And he's like, Hey, you catching a lot of fish. And I go, Oh, it's, it's the spot. Right. And he goes, well, what do you, what are you catching them on? And, i go uh a crayfish pattern and he goes oh i don't have any of those over here and i reached my box and i hand him three right so fast forward three four years later remember i told you i told my buddy to go have ron fix the rod yeah yeah literally i pull up and i'm going to fish this river kind of by his house called Coldwater creek and he's like hey did you bring your flies with you and i'm dropping off a, ro- a couple of rods to get fixed right because he did a great job for jeremy and um uh i go yeah i'm kind of like okay how do, you want to look at my flies that's cool and he started to poke through them right and uh and i've already handed him the two rods and uh he's like pulling flies out of my box i'm like <laughs> seriously what are you doing right and he's pulling them out and he goes do you have any of those crayfish you gave me and i'm like i'm sorry have we met and he goes yeah boy scout water don't you remember you gave me three crayfish i'm like Oh crap. I'm sorry. I apologize. I, I, you know, and he's like, and he pulls out like 12, 14 flies. He goes, okay, I'll do, I'll do all your repairs for these. And I go, yeah, it's bucks and materials. What you're not a very, (laughs) I go, you're not a very good businessman. He goes, well, it's my deal to make. Right. And I'm like, all right. And then he, then he started asking me like, you know, I, I, you know, next time I, he wasn't, he's like, I couldn't get a kitchen pass. Right. Mama's got me out shopping. I can't cause I, Say Hey, you want to go fish? We're going to go, I'm going to go over to Coldwater. It's like three miles from your house or whatever. But he goes, no, I can't. But next time. So all of a sudden he starts sending me. So he was the, um, the publisher forever. And, and Ron Barch is like such a great guy. I mean, literally such a great guy. And he used to publish a newsletter for builders called the planning forum. And so he was sending me those. And, and so the next time I, I went over, you know, to pick up my rods when they're done, he's like, Hey, you know, I, I teach this class and, um, you know, he told me how much it was going to be. And I'm like, you know what? I, I really appreciate that. But my wife will kill me if I'm <laughs> one more, you know, yeah. One more fishing expense. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. And, and so God bless her. But anyway, um, so he literally calls me back and he goes, Hey, I got a deal for you. I will. Um, he goes there. And I found out afterwards, you, you know, he, he really wasn't true. He's just wanting me to hang out. But, he goes, uh, um, I'll teach you. And you yeah, we're just friends. You, you don't need to give me flies anymore, but I'll take anyone's you anyone want to give me. And I'm like, yeah, I don't, I, I think you need to go back to business school, Ron. I don't think you <laughs> understand this whole concept. So I, I, I bring that up just to say this, you know, Random acts of kindness really can't come back to you, right? And those are the best three I It it turned into, uh, well, now it turned into a career, I guess.
0: Yeah, I mean, and, and it turns into a friendship. Yeah. And you're sharing information. And it also kind of, uh, it passes things on. Yeah. I think there's also, there's, there's a little bit of history that goes along with this. And that's part of what I thought was cool. Yeah, was, the connection. Yeah, you know, I have this this sharps rod and the uh, the person that sold it on eBay, it was uh, I believe it was his uncle's rod. He this, the okay. person didn't fish. So I, I just reached oh, out wow. with a with an extremely low ball offer and he was like perfect, mm-hmm. I want it out. But yeah, I have like the yeah, I have the original sale letter
1: that's oh, like handwritten. Cool
0: it's ex- yeah, and in, in all the catalogs from the 50s. That's with, cool. like, the uh, the line recommendations and everything. And not only that, it has his notes on the back, like, okay, must find Shakespeare double taper line. And, you know, so it's, like, if you get into the classic flies and everything else, like, I can't see someone not going down this route.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, I agree. So it's just – it's – I, I don't see how someone that likes to swing, a, you know, fish a two-handed rod, swinging flies, how they're not ultimately going to end up here. Well, I will I will tell you it becomes an obsession. Yeah. And I, I can already, I'm, I'm living it right now. You know, I'm constantly <laughs> looking at stuff and, you know, yeah. thinking about what's next and, yeah. you know, how I can, how, how I can fish bamboo more is, you know, like, the focus. And I, 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 pulled out my, my, I have a Sage XP. That's like my, my dry fly rod. I it's an eight rod. foot. Yeah. It's awesome. It really is. Yeah. And I was like, man, I'm not ready to say goodbye to it, but at the same time, I'm not reaching for it when I walk out the door.
1: You know, I'll, I'll tell you, I'll actually tell you one story about that. It's funny. So um the first nice rod I ever bought personally I was in Boise. I bought a Winston pre-IM6 Tom Morgan, the eight foot four weight. And mm-hmm. I, man, I wanted that rod. I was I was able to fish it. Um, and I remember it was 375 bucks. And I, at the time I was like, oh my God, are you kidding? And uh, But I got it, right? And um, years later, actually in Michigan, I sold it. And it was because... I became obsessed with cane rods and I was like, I am never going to fish a four weight in this length. I'm never going to fish that Tom Morgan. I I never grabbed it. Literally sat in a closet. A buddy asked me if I would sell it. I'm like, yes. Six months later, I've got buyer's remorse, right? One of my buddies, John, who I knew from Boise, I brought out. I used to work for Costco and I'd gone to the Midwest and I brought John out. He had the IM6 version. And never fished it, just stopped fishing and finally convinced him to sell it, right? I bought it, fished it one time, sat in the closet. A year later, a buddy goes, hey, you have that Tom Morgan? Yeah, I'll sell it. Because I wasn't fishing it because I was always grabbing my cane rods. Mm-hmm. They just, as good as that Tom Morgan is, they just, they don't feel the same. They just don't fish the same. Yeah. So I'm not kidding. I, I bought a third one. And I sold it again. <laughs> I sold three of those rods, and because in my mind, God, I you know I loved that rod. It was it was it meant a lot to me, right? And each time I sold it, I kicked it, but I wouldn't fish it. I I I had so many of these other rods that I liked so much better. They were made out of bamboo. Yeah, and that's in the XP. I I still think the nine foot six weight is rods ever designed i think the Lightline, the rpl and the xp
0: are three of the best rods ever made to be honest mm-hmm. yeah i mean i i love it but i'm just having so much fun seeing what's what bamboo is capable of right now you know yeah and and maybe it's it maybe it's a it's kind of the honeymoon phase but i don't think it is no i don't um, think so either yeah so just to wrap up uh, what's the what's the best way for people to get in touch with you if they if they want to go down this road they want a bamboo yeah. rod from you
1: yeah and I honestly I don't even you know what if let me add to that even if you're just curious and you want to know about it and you're not even sure if you're ready to do it you know I mean um, getting out and trying bamboo asking questions seeing if it even makes sense for you those are all good things to do right you may. Mm-hmm. Decide two, two later years later, you might be ready, but you know, don't, don't not feel like you you can't ask because you pull the trigger that second, right? I, I, it's investment. And so, the best way to get a hold of me, if actually David L. Reed, Scott, way to spell it, Steve, but anyway, David L. Reed bamboo.com. And, um, You know, it's got my website on there. It's the website. It's got my email. It's got my phone. You can text me if if I, if you want to PM me on Facebook, Instagram, I'm on all those. Okay. Um, Yeah. Anyway, I mean, I'm open. I, I probably truthfully right now I'm having about four to five conversations a week with people about cane rods. Fantastic.
0: Yeah. Are you, uh, are you overwhelmed yet or are you, uh,
1: Um, yeah, it's, it's, um, well, yes and no. Right. So yes, because all the startups, right. Getting all the paperwork for LLC done and the website up and all that stuff that really I kind of didn't deal with when I was just doing it kind of part time. Mm -hmm. Um, no, because I used to work nine to 10 hours at work and come home and spend two to three hours in the shop every night and weekends. And I had no free time. You know, I wasn't being able to, I wasn't able to go fishing or do anything. So working a lot less in that term. So that's why I'd say no on that. Yeah. Plus I'm doing stuff my I love.
0: I, I just, I just picture if, if my wife had allowed me to get some planning forms and then 10 years down the road when I was good at it, you know, waking yeah. up and taking that first sip of coffee and like, yep, going to build a rod yep. today. This is going to be awesome.
1: Well, my wife jokes as I walk out the door, be careful. I've heard there's bad traffic this morning. You know <laughs> Yeah, I just it's uh it's awesome. I mean, I'm I'm feel very blessed in life where I'm at.
0: Yeah, you know, I'm I'm so supportive of anyone that's able to kind of leave their regular nine to five and, and go out and pursue their dreams and do do exactly what it is they love um yeah. and I, I told you you know i was real close the only problem was i didn't really love online marketing i just liked the the money aspect of it yeah you know it's a, a little different ball game it is you know
1: and and I'll, I'll tell you too you know when when you go from a hobby to a job I i've been warned you got to be careful because you lose some of it but um you know, and again, it's, you know, it's very early to tell, but I I just don't get the feeling I'm going to lose the love because again, I think it's kind of like someone who's real talented in art. Like I wish I could draw that's a painting or drawing. That's something I wish I had sat down and learned the techniques. Right. Um, because I think that's awesome. Like I, you know, I love music and just that artistic side. Right. And, um, I think the thing with art that, that is beneficial maybe versus other jobs that that you have is you have that person one-on-one connection again you know Mm -hmm. you're you're providing something that you created for someone else and your enjoyment comes from their appreciation and enjoyment in it And and i would think i would guess that like artists are that way or like if you played music for an audience right you're getting that that response and and compared to you know i've you know my two i've had two and they've, they're, you know, like Costco you know, and, I, and I just came out of, uh, you know, a large precast company and, um, in fact, the largest in the world. And, and it's a very different environment, you know, than what you're, what I'm doing now.
0: And, sure. um,
1: but you know, it all comes down to communication and people.
0: I think that's where the most, the success comes from. That's awesome. So uh what's the what's the wait list? Are you five years out already or uh... no? no <laughs> um
1: no, I'm right
0: now um
1: I'm about nine months to a year. And and the only reason I kind of open that three months is honestly full time. I'm I'm really a guesstimate right now because I haven't had enough time just doing it full time. Like if I was doing it part time, it'd be two years. But I, you know, now I've that's all I do. So Right now, I'm looking at about the start of the new year.
0: Awesome! So, anyone that uh, listens to this, uh, it's it's not as long as they think. You know, it, it can become a reality yeah. sooner.
1: Yeah, and, and it's it's growing fast, Steve. It's it's really taking me by surprise how many people wait list. It's grown very quickly, and like I said, I'm talking about four to five people a week. So. Um, in fact, I got a new one today. I mean, I'm getting one every few days. So I, I don't know how, how long, how long that list will be like that. Hopefully it's keeps growing and people like the stuff and the rods they
0: build and we'll see. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for taking the time to do this with me. Thank you for having me. It actually was a lot of fun.